Welcome back to Grim Curiosity with Calliope and Jane, episode Hello. three. We made it, third week. considered third week yeah so week. i'm going to start off with a fun little tidbit <laughs> do i look so stupid i'm hoping that the, the sound quality is <laughs> how are you gonna how are you gonna just sit there and hold that the whole time i'm probably not <laughs> is there like i wonder if there's a way that i could like prop it up a little bit you're like brb yeah. let me go grab something that's such good idea <laughs> well i'm wondering if it will stop from mine echoing but did you know a hot bath burns as many calories as a 30 minute walk like i know you're not how long do you have person, to be in the bath so it says that you could burn and i don't know if this would be worth it but bath people like me it would be worth it uh you burn 140 calories per hour. Whoa. <laughs> per oh, hour. Worth it for me. <laughs> yeah. You'd sit in the bath for an hour? Absolutely. Why would you not? See, because that's so really boring. Jane does not like to be in the bath. However, I do. And now for some ASMR. <laughs> Skirt well, on past that. <laughs> And pretend oh. like you still got this big night studio set up. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I noticed because uh, my studio room is so big. <laughs> I wish you could see Jane's face right now. This is funny. There's a little bit of an echo. So there's these little sound pads that I was just kind of holding around the mic and Jane says, are you just going to hold that the whole time? And I'm like, well, yeah, unless it sounds bad. Anyways, I found a way to wrap it around my mic. So it's looking legit because Jane just went and got herself some baller set up. So anyways, okay. Do you just want to go right into it? Yeah. Cause you already hit us with a fact. <laughs> already got your fact out of the way. Yep factoids with calliope <laughs> exactly exactly so i am going to start this off with a trigger warning right off the bat because this is an absolutely horrendous heinous crime that does include sexual assault a lot of the details are going to be really hard to hear so if this is something that might be too hard for some of you to hear maybe fast forward through it or skip past those parts possibly go to the next episode but actually stay because these are two beautiful people that this happened to. They didn't deserve this to happen to them. And these are real events. Yeah. So this is the case of Christopher Newsom. He's 23 and Shannon Christian. She's 21. Have you heard this case before? I'm not sure. So years ago, like back when this happened, because it happened in 2007, mom actually talked a lot about this case while they were doing everything. So as I was researching it, I was like, why have I heard this case before? And then I remember how much mom talked about it while it was happening. But I watched all of their trials and any news article video that I could find, I watched it hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of it. And it is it's literally heartbreaking. And both of their families made it a point to make sure they went to every single trial. So every detail that happened to their children, they got to hear. That's is, so sad. It is literally gut-wrenching. Anyways, Christopher's 23. Shannon Christian was 21. They were from Knoxville, Tennessee. She was a senior sociology student at the University of Tennessee, and Chris graduated in 2002 from Halls High School and was a member of the Red Devils baseball team. He worked as a carpenter 
they both still lived at home with their parents and had started dating in November of 2006. So they weren't dating long, but were head over heels for each other. Now, this all started on the evening of January 6, 2007. And depending on the story, because there are quite a few different stories, the one that I'm probably going to lean more towards is the ones that Shannon's parents gave. But I will tell both of the events that people say were going to happen. One account says that they plan to go to dinner at a local restaurant and then attend a friend's house party. I have also seen, this is the one where they were supposed to attend a friend's birthday party, but decided to stay in and watch a movie at Shannon's friend Kara's apartment. Now, because it said that Shannon went to her friend's apartment to get ready and around 8 p.m. her friend left to go to the party, I think possibly that could be what was going on. So... Shannon went to her friend Kara's house to get ready to go to a party. Kara left around eight to go to the party and Shannon stayed behind to wait for Christopher to come pick her up. Regardless of the order of events, uh, we do know that Shannon was at Kara's apartment waiting for Christopher. So they were in the Washington Ridge apartment complex parking lot in her car she was behind the wheel of the vehicle and Christopher was standing in the open door of the vehicle kissing her when the two were attacked at gunpoint and carjacked. So her dad actually did a sort of walkthrough of this during an interview with the Knoxville News Sentinel where he says, and this is a quote, do you know how fast this all happened? They walked down to the parking lot. She climbs into her SUV and he walks up to the open door to get himself some sugar. And just like that, he has a gun held to the back of his head. The three men who did this actually sat in their own vehicle from a distance and watched them hugging. They then decided to attack the couple at gunpoint, tying their hands up. Shannon's were tied in front of her. Christopher's were tied behind his back and putting them in the back seat of her SUV. Two of the men, LaMarcus and Eric Boyd, drove back to LaMarcus's rented house on Chipman Street while the third guy, which was LaMarcus's younger brother, Latalvis, drove Eric Boyd's car back. Now I'm going to take a little bit of a detour and switch over to one of the men, Latalis's testimony, because he literally gives a play-by-play of what every single person was doing, like every account of what happened, which was more in depth than what I could find anywhere else. Again, he is a criminal and these are his testimonies. So I'm sure they're layered in a whole bunch of fibs, but this tool bag gets on stand and is telling what happened you could tell and I will post the link you could tell he is putting on a big act it was so fake looking and he's got his head down and oh I'm just really struggling it was so stupid so I'm going to go through this because this guy I feel like would be every prosecutor's dream like he's up there (laughs) saying some of the dumbest stuff I've ever heard So Latalvis Cobbins testifies on New Year's of 2006-2007, his girlfriend Vanessa, his best friend George, and himself went to Knoxville to celebrate New Year's with his brother LaMarcus since it was the first year LaMarcus was out of prison since they were young teens. He says Stacy Lawson, who was George's girlfriend, just decided to go back home. Then his brother LaMarcus beat up his girlfriend Daphne Sutton and she left the house where these crimes eventually took place. He then says earlier in the day, him and his girlfriend were in the back bedroom playing house. Shut the fuck up. What a idiot. Like insert the meme of the little girl in the purple shirt where you could see her teeth and she's like, ugh. What he's meaning is they were having sex. How is that playing house? Who, who knows what this guy. Well, I hope he wasn't ever playing house when he was little. That's what (laughs) playing house to him is. Yeah. So that play house with his kids. Yeah. So they were in the back bedroom playing house, AKA they were having sex. And then after they finish, they go into the living room and they're watching a movie. He's testifying in court. And instead of saying like, yeah, me and my girlfriend were having sex. And then we went and watched a movie. We were in the back bedroom playing house. And then I think everyone was kind of like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, like, you know, I guess having sex. Like, does this seem like the time and place for that, really? You can be an absolute nasty-ass monster, no problem, but you're not uh, mature enough to say sex. <laughs> yeah. 
Makes sense. No fucking loser. Yeah, they were back there playing house. So it started getting dark and LaMarcus comes in and pulls Latalvis into the kitchen and he says he wants his brother to meet a girl. This girl apparently had a cell phone for him and he wants Latalvis to meet her. Which this confuses me since LaMarcus does have a girlfriend that he just beat up. Yet there's already another girl that's going to give him a cell phone. Like to me, that seems super fishy. I'd be like, well, what about Daphne? Like you just beat the crap out of her, but you've got this other girl that's just going to give you a cell phone. Why is this girl going to give you a cell phone? So we have established that LaMarcus is basically a big giant loser. And I added that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. But he didn't have a car. He didn't have a job. And he didn't have any way to earn money because, you know, going and getting a real job is just out of the question. So he was broken, angry. So as he says, selling dope was his only way to earn money. His girlfriend left him after he beat her up because he was angry that his brother and his brother's friends, well, his brother's friend and girlfriend were freeloading. So he took his anger out on Daphne, who's his girlfriend. Wait, okay. So he's saying that his brother and his brother's girlfriend are freeloading. And are they the ones that were just visiting? Yes. How is that freeloading when you've got visitors? I'm assuming because they came down to celebrate New Year's. By this point, it was the sixth. So that's been like, what, six, seven, eight days of them freeloading. So when I come for a visit, I need to keep my visit real nice and short. So not freeloading. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Three days. Yeah. So he considered this them freeloading, which George and Latalvis are homeless. So they don't really have anywhere to go. Vanessa, which is Latalvis's girlfriend, I guess she has a really stable, good home life from what I could see. So, and she could have called them. She just refused to call them. So she is living like a homeless person with her boyfriend. I don't get it. The things people will do in relationships. She's evil. So like this girl sucks. Anyways, moving on. It was a day later that LaMarcus decided to solve his problem by carjacking someone. Latalvis says he told LaMarcus he can't leave because Vanessa, his girlfriend, is there. But LaMarcus assures him not to worry because he will take care of it. Like what a guy. Hey, we're going to go steal someone's car. We're going to go carjack somebody, but I'm going to deal with it. Don't you worry about a thing. I'm going to take care of the girlfriend situation. Idiot. Such an idiot. He was just going to tell her they were going to go to the store and would be right back. Like you're going to go to the store and come back with somebody else's car. Like that's not going to be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yeah, seriously. So as they leave, Eric Boyd's car was two to three houses down the street. And LaMarcus tells him Eric is going to take them over to this girl's house. So they all get in the car and his brother starts. He literally says this in court. His brother starts rolling up a wet blood. Uh, his brother starts rolling up a wet blunt. He describes a wet blood. I can't even say it because it's so stupid. <laughs> I don't know anything about blunts. He describes what a wet blunt is, and it sounded so unintelligent. I don't even know anything about blunts, but I do know that smoking embalming fluid <laughs> to me what? is so incredibly stupid. I can't even. Wait. I can't so then what is it? even. Let me, let me tell you what it is. These, this is a quote because he says... He started rolling up a wet blunt and then he looks at the judge and he says, now let me explain what a wet blunt is. Someone pouring embalming fluid on weed and then letting it dry and then you roll it up and smoke it. What is this supposed to do? I wish it would have killed them. Yeah. Because yeah, like embalm them. Like what? Where do what? you even get embalming fluid? I don't know. Like you just pick that up from the weed shops? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. It's so dumb. He even adds little tidbits about how the blunt tasted funny, but he just thought it was the cigar flavor. Like, what do you um, mean? I, I can't. You're smoking embalming fluid and you think that it tastes funny because of cigar flavor? <laughs> yes. They're not, this is not intelligent. Like, that's what I'm saying. They are not intelligent. 
I was smoking a dog turd and it tasted <laughs> really weird, but I just figured that it was like the papers we were using. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. Sound logic right there. Yeah. And then so many times he kept repeating, it gets around dark. It gets around dark. Anyways, he says, it gets around dark and they pull into some apartments and drive around a couple times. Latalis questions why they keep driving around and Eric, whom he refers to as E, so if you hear me say E, it's Eric Boyd, says that it's been a while since he's been to her crib, so he he's just trying to remember which one it is. That had me just a little tiny bit confused too because it was LaMarcus that wanted Latalvis to meet this girl, but Eric's been to her house too, so I'm not sure if it's like drug related. I don't know. So Eric's trying to remember which apartment it is. Eventually they park and he claims her apartment is one of the top apartments. Then without even shutting off the car, LaMarcus and Eric get out of Eric's car and run up to a white SUV, which ended up being Shannon and Christopher. Again, this is where Shannon was sitting in the driver's seat of her SUV and Chris was at the door. They go up, put a gun to the back of Chris's head and carjack them. Eric and LaMarcus then tell Latalvis to follow them back to the house since Latalvis doesn't know Knoxville and he claims they were tripping and he didn't know what to do and that he will just follow them back to the house on and on. Like words of a criminal. He went on and on about, oh, they were just tripping. I didn't know what to do. I was just going to go back to the house, grab my stuff and leave because they were tripping. Can I just say that... If somebody ever attacks you like that, it would be way better to just accept the fact that you're going to die and have them shoot you right there than letting them take you anywhere. See, so and I'm like, sure in that moment, you like, I can't even imagine what you would do in a situation like that. I feel like me, you know, when dad used to scare us and you guys would all run off screaming and I would just stand there and just scream. Yeah. Cause you definitely have the freeze. I freeze. Reaction. Yes. I freeze in a scary situation. So that would be me. I'd be like, okay, I'll do whatever you know. I know. I know. That's why I'm saying like, I tell myself this stuff all the time that it's in that situation. I need to have it hounded into my brain that I'm not letting them take me to another location. Like they can kill me right in the freaking parking lot. Yeah. If and, you want to shoot me, shoot me. Like, and honestly, I, I wish that because what ends up happening, which I'll go into it, it's like, you almost wish you would have just been shot right there. It's Well, that's kind of where my brain goes is, is I don't want to know. I'm not going to give them time to take me to a place that they feel safer to do whatever they want to. Like they yeah. can shoot me right there. Like that's what's going to need to happen. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So just keep that in your brain. If they're trying to take you somewhere, they're not planning on letting you go. No, no. And, and, uh, some some terrible stuff is about to happen to you so he goes on to say when they arrived back to the house he parked eric's car in front of a neighbor girl's house who buys drugs from them like this guy was giving all the details like why why even say that yeah why like why not just say they parked the car somewhere <laughs> yeah a couple houses down in front of a neighbor's house oh we yeah. parked the car down the road in front of a neighbor's house she buys drugs do you want her name yeah <laughs> He Do you it. want how much how long she's been a customer? <laughs> oh. And then he walked back to the house. So they had parked Shannon's car in front of the house. So he walked back to the house and he could see some sort of commotion happening in the car, but he walked past the car and went up and started banging on the door. George answered the door and asked why he was banging like the police. And then he looked past Latalvis and said how nice the SUV was, whose vehicle was it? And Latalvis apparently told him they need to pack their bags and get up out of there. Like, uh, whatever. I also watched video footage of this house and it was like, it was a whole situation all on its own. I couldn't tell if they were coming or going. There was no furniture in this house. The living room had two wood chairs, a wobbly table with like those four legs that kind of fold up into each other. And he's mad about somebody freeloading? Yeah. This... Freeloading on what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there was a. Girl... What are they freeloading on? Not comfort. <laughs> Not feeling at home. <laughs> there was like a crumbled up, like mini Mouse blanket over in the corner, a janky TV stand with a box, like 200 BC dinosaur TV, and like a random big box stereo system just on the floor. 
there was like nothing. And this room was so tiny. I don't even think a two-seater couch would have fit in it. It was small. And then directly off the, the living room to the right, there was like a doorway that was to the first bedroom. So you walk into the first bedroom, they had like a huge pile of garbage. It was like clothes, all kinds of junk right there. And then a vacuum, but this vacuum clearly has never been used because this house was nasty. It was so disgusting. There was trash everywhere. It was gross. And then it had an air mattress with heaps of clothing all over the place. And I'm actually not sure. There's video footage of this walkthrough. And at the end of the air mattress looks like there's a huge blood stain, which this is where they ended up keeping Shannon. And that literally broke my <clears throat> flipping heart. It was towards the end of the bed too. Ugh. And then there's a bathroom between the two bedrooms, like connecting them. So you could get to one bedroom through the bathroom. The other bedroom is just as disgusting. Like they didn't have dressers. They didn't have anything. The bedroom at the far end of the house, which I, it was so small. I think the entire house was as big as my car. <laughs> like it was Where's so, that? it was so small in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hmm. That's weird. Cause I sit there and I picture something like a New York style living space. Cause you know how their living spaces are super tiny. Yeah, no, it was so small. Like I seriously think probably from when you get to the front door walk through the living room eight feet maybe the kitchen five feet and then there's but so like walking from the kitchen to the utility room I think total was maybe 15 20 steps max it was small there are also some of their testimonies what they would say that I didn't even see a bedroom door honestly on the first bedroom I didn't even see a bedroom door but some of their testimonies, they're claiming that they didn't hear anything. So when the different people were going back into the room with Shannon, they didn't hear anything. Like, right. Full, okay, sure. <clears throat> Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I highly doubt that something that small would have a lot of soundproofing and high quality materials it was made out of. Yeah. And this house is like super old too. The whole thing, they are such a joke. So back to this, LaMarcus ends up walking in with Shannon, holding her by her arm, and he had taken off his hoodie and put it over her head, and her eyes were blindfolded with a bandana, and her hands were bound in front of her, and Eric comes in with Christopher. He also has something over his eyes, but it wasn't a bandana, but they were tied with something, and he was put on the sun porch, so when you first come into the house, there is like that little, a little tiny sun porch. And then it goes into the house. So Christopher was put out on the sun porch. He then claims he and George went to grab their things and he woke Vanessa up to let her know that they needed to leave. He then walks into the living room and Shannon's blindfold had been pulled down. It wasn't removed, but it was just kind of like hanging around her neck. And they had Latalvis go get her some water. After a lot of babble, he continues on saying that LaMarcus had pulled a gun out of his pocket. He didn't pull the gun on anybody. He had just pulled it out of his pocket and had it in his hand. And then he says that LaMarcus and George had gotten into it previously. So LaMarcus was telling George he doesn't trust him. So George needs to do something now to earn LaMarcus's trust. Shannon was brought into the front bedroom and she was laying on the air mattress with her hands tied above her head and tied to a duffel bag. And the same with her feet also being tied to a duffel bag. He like this next part just really pisses me off. And this can also be a huge trigger warning. He went into the bedroom to see if she needed some water or anything. And so he untied the rope of her hands that were tied to the duffel bag. So her hands were still tied up. He just untied the rope that was holding her to the duffel bag. He says that he let her smoke a cigarette and then she begged him to let her go. Then this piece of crap says she offered him oral sex for him to let her go. Mm -hmm. So he let her. I doubt that. Her family is hearing this. Her family is in the courtroom hearing all of this. He looked like such clown shoes up there acting like he's just so hurt. Oh, she was begging for me to let her go. And then she just kept offering oral sex. So I just let her. Nobody in their right mind, nobody in the fear that you would be in would be thinking of anything sexual. His like you'd be scared 
that something sexual was going to happen against your will. His girlfriend was maybe not even 10 feet. I would say five, five feet away in the bathroom between the two bedrooms going to the bathroom. And then he says he heard Vanessa in the bathroom flush the toilet and he got spooked. So he hurried and finished and it got on her shirt and her pants and he hurried and got himself readjusted and fixed his clothes and then put her back how he found her. I'm assuming he retied her up, like retied her back to the duffel bag. Uh, That's sure a lot of shit to be able to do when you're spooked. Yeah, exactly. Right. He recounts like every single second of the night and what every single person did from his perspective, as far as coming in and out of rooms, who came in and out, who sat at the kitchen table with them and smoked, who sat in the living room with them. He then says, George, Vanessa, and him are all sitting at the kitchen table. And 30 minutes later, his brother came in, got George and they left again. And at this point, I think he says the most honest thing he said this entire time. And I quote, this time me and Vanessa just sit there in the living room looking stupid. Yes. (laughs) Yes, sir. You did. Accurate. What's happening to Christopher at this point? Here we go. Oh, so he was just sitting out in a sun thing for 30 minutes by himself. So it never actually says this part might clear it up just a little bit. Okay. So an hour to two hours later, George and LaMarcus come back, both wearing dark clothes, but Latalvis could see that there were dark stains on the clothes. Then they went and they changed their clothes. He says his brother came out, talked to Eric and says he will take them to Vince's house. So Vince is a friend that Latalvis claims he asked to go to right after all of this went down. And apparently LaMarcus was kind of holding them hostage and wouldn't let them go to Vince's house. So when he got back to the house and told George, like, we need to go. I need to get Vanessa. We've got to go. Apparently that was their plan. They were going to go to Vince's house, but LaMarcus pulled the gun out of his pocket. Nobody's leaving here. You guys are all staying. So anyways, after they had changed their clothes, LaMarcus says, fine, I'll take you to Vince's house. So they leave, they go to Vince's house, but no one's home. So they end up going back. This is like one of those things where I don't believe this happened, but you know, this is what, this is what Latalvis is saying. So when they get back, Eric Boyd and George left the house with Christopher and returned without Christopher. So jumping over to George Thomas's testimony, this is more about what was going on with Christopher. Again, trigger warning, because this all is really hard to hear. He says, Eric Boyd, him and Christopher all left. Eric was driving. He was in the passenger seat and Chris was sort of slumped over in the back seat sitting more behind the passenger seat, but slumped over more towards the driver's side. He says they parked near railroad tracks and Eric told him to get Christopher out. He says he refused. So Eric got Christopher out and they walked down to the train tracks. Christopher was blindfolded, wearing just a t-shirt and boxers. I also read, so I'm not entirely sure if this is accurate. This is just one account that I did read. It said that they found a dog leash nearby that the police believe Christopher was dragged out to the train tracks by that dog leash. I'm not sure. And depending on the sources and different witness accounts, there's a couple varying ways this is being told. The main one that I have read says that Chris was then shot on the railroad tracks in his back and in his neck, but left alive for a bit in this condition before he was fatally shot with the muzzle of the gun against his head above his right ear and it severed his brain stem. And then he was set on fire. So apparently Eric Boyd shot Christopher, walked back to the SUV, grabbed a gas can, walked back and lit him on fire. There were also witnesses that were in their homes nearby that said they heard three consecutive shots. George also claims that he could see in the dark three shots go off. This is all awful, but out of this situation, I hope that it was three consecutive shots and he wasn't just left there alive to feel the pain to even know he's about to die, that his girlfriend's not with him. Knowing his fate, I probably being hyper aware of everything that is happening to you, I hope that he did not have to suffer. I hope that it was free and done and he they, they weren't evil enough to shoot him in the neck and back and then just let him sit there for a little while, which is a big part of what they say happened. On Monday, a body was found on the railroad tracks around 1220 p.m. by a Norfolk Southern Railroad employee. 
there was semen found inside Newsom's body and a sweatshirt was wrapped around his head and his feet were muddy, indicating that he had walked barefoot to where he was killed. Wait, there was semen found in him? When did that happen? That's what I'm saying. So all of them are claiming, well, we didn't do anything. No, I, I don't know if someone else did something. I wasn't, th- I didn't hear anything. So everybody's saying they didn't hear anything. It was later determined he was not only raped, he was raped with objects. He was tortured. He was beaten. I don't know if this happened when they left to go to Vince's house or I don't know. It is so disgusting, but that's what I'm saying. Nobody really gave anything and everything's just kind of like they were both raped and tortured and beaten the end. But But they give more details about the girl. Uh, Yeah. I'm wondering if it has something to do with it being a guy and them not wanting to, how guys oftentimes don't like to look gay. Right. Right. And then I was thinking, which this is, I don't know. I do not know. But when LaMarcus told George, I don't trust you. You need to do something that I'll trust you. And then him and George left. I think that they were with Christopher. So I don't know if that's when everything happened. And that was like his way of proving, but there was no DNA of George's found on either victim. And he claims he didn't do anything to them. So I don't know. And I don't know if, because they say that he was raped with objects, I don't know if that's what, what occurred. I don't know. I'm like, that's so sad. Like if you take a moment to really think about what happened to them, this is awful. Yeah. And then to know that it's happening to you and your girlfriend's there too. Mm -hmm. He was identified by a homicide detective who had known Christopher through his own son. The detective told Chris's parents that he recognized him by his eyes which is gut-wrenching and actually because we will post pictures of him christopher had the most beautiful eyes they were like a blue grayish they were so pretty and so i i yeah they they were definitely unique they were a unique color so i can see how he said he knew that it was him because of his eyes shannon's dad had received a call that something was going on down by, by the trash place which was right next to this house And he got another call that said they thought they had found her. So they did know that she was missing at this point. They thought they had found her or somebody because there was an ambulance coming in, which could you imagine knowing your kid is missing and somebody saying, oh my gosh, I think they found her. She's coming in to the hospital and then thinking, oh my gosh, good. She's just hurt. Yeah. And then to find out what ended up actually happening to her. Okay. So this is going to be the big trigger warning. This is where it's going to get really hard to hear but this happened to her. So as hard as this is to hear, we didn't experience this, but this is something that she did experience. So going back to other sources, this one comes from Wikipedia. After they returned back to the house from killing Christopher, they even went into the room where she was. And I think LaMarcus was in there and they were like, it's done. So she literally knew that her boyfriend had just been killed. She then got repeatedly raped and beaten And the most heartbreaking thing about this is the medical examiner testified that Shannon died after hours of sexual torture. She even had tears to her mouth from where they orally raped her. She had severe head injuries and had severe injuries to her vagina and anus. Her injuries were also consistent with being raped with an object. The medical examiner also said the sexual act she endured was extreme and much more than a simple sexual assault. Prosecutors believe Shannon was tied to a chair and orally raped by LaMarcus and LaTalvis, the two brothers. And again, LaTalvis was the one who claims that she asked him to let her give him oral sex. Like you don't tear somebody's mouth from something they're wanting to do. They're monsters. They are literal monsters. So Shannon was also suffering extensive hemorrhaging to her head and vagina, consistent with being kicked and beaten in her head and vagina, which to me, because Vanessa ended up getting a lot of charges, which at the end of this, I will go over all their charges. Kicks to the vagina to me seem like something a girl would do. Like my boyfriend just screwed this girl. Like that to me seems like something she would have done. I could see that. 
I don't know. It's never, it's never been said that, but why would I, I don't know why anybody would do any of this, but like, after you do that, why would you, I just don't understand why you would kick somebody in their crotch. Like I kick them at all, but that doesn't make sense. So she suffered bruises and carpet burns on almost all of her body. LaMarcus's confession included saying while they held Shannon captive, she told him she didn't want to die before killing her. This is hard. This is really sad. Before killing her, they attempted to remove DNA evidence and they poured bleach down her throat while she was still alive. Mm. And they scrubbed her body, including her bleeding and battered genital areas with bleach. Pieces of shit. Yeah, complete garbage. They tied her in a hog tie fashion with curtains and strips of bedding in nothing but her camisole and sweater. So she was naked from the waist down. Her face was tightly covered with a trash bag and her body was stuffed inside five large trash bags and they placed her inside of a garbage can still alive and Mm. covered it with sheets where she ultimately slowly suffocated to death and she died with her eyes still open. That's so sad. I get so angry hearing that this is what I was saying when I told you this case hits different it hits different that's so sad yeah there was also a part where Latalvis had testified that LaMarcus had brought them all into I believe the utility closet and Shannon was in there with them and LaMarcus choked her And then she fell to the floor and he was telling Vanessa to check her for a pulse. And Vanessa was like, I don't know how to do that because I'm a fucking idiot. And they ended up realizing that she was still alive. And that's when she got tied up. That's a time where I wish that you could will yourself to death. Oh my God. Right. Like be done. In cases like that, it would be nice to just have a a one-time exit button. Yeah. Where you can just be done by your choice. Mm Mm-hmm. When Shannon didn't go to work, her family and friends really started to worry. So they started checking local hospitals and filing missing person reports. And I'm I'm thinking this is pretty early on, like the very next day, because again, they both lived at home with their families and neither one of them returned home. So a friend went over to the apartment complex and they did find Chris's vehicle was still sitting in the parking lot, but obviously Shannon's vehicle was gone. Shannon's parents went to the police and were told that they would have to search for themselves So they said they had her phone provider ping her location and it last pinged at Cherry Street phone tower. So both Chris and Shannon's families went and searched over in the area and found Shannon's abandoned Toyota 4Runner on Monday, January 8th. The car seats were pushed all the way back and Shannon wouldn't have been able to reach the pedals. And the pedals were also completely covered in mud, which is the opposite of how she kept her vehicle. She kept it incredibly clean. An envelope in the vehicle was found and it had fingerprint evidence that led to LaMarcus. Police went to the house on Tuesday the 9th, um, LaMarcus's house. It was unoccupied and they discovered Shannon in the kitchen garbage. The bags that she was inside of had LaMarcus's fingerprints on them. It was also his sperm found in her vagina and anus while Latalvis's semen was found in her mouth. Shell casings found in the house also match the bullets used to kill Chris. Now, a girl named Jody Long testified. She was a lady that got drugs from Vince. He was the guy from earlier on that they were supposed to go to his house, but he wasn't home. He was a friend of hers, godson. Vince asked her if she could give a couple of his friends a ride to Kentucky. She was at home where she lived with her mother. She got up and went to Vince's house, got a fix. I'm assuming that's drug related, right? I would assume so too. Went to the gas station and then followed him over to someone's house to pick up Vince's friends. The three people she was picking up were George, Vanessa, and Latalvis. She picked them up, their belongings, and they went to Kentucky. She didn't know where she was going. She just followed the directions from the two guys in the back. She said it took four and a half hours to get there. Nobody really talked. Vanessa was really quiet in the front seat. George and Latalvis talked quietly in the back seat. They drove to a little town, went to a Wendy's, and then she brought them to a house that she dropped them off at. And then she went back to Knoxville. She didn't know anything about them, what they had done. She made it back home around 10 or 11. And she knew it was around that time because the news was on. Now to her surprise, 
she was a little concerned when the news had pictures of the three people that she just dropped off they were being looked for yeah that would be a really big shock (laughs) Uh, i'd be like what yeah so she's mad she confronted vince over it and was mad that he would put her in a situation like that now george vanessa and latalvis were arrested in labanon kentucky which is where they got dropped off in the house were numerous items of shannon's belongings and they even found a journal from january 9th of vanessa's and i'm gonna read you this this girl is so stupid she's dumb she's so dumb listen to this so again this is january 9th after the crime was committed after the murders last night was one of a kind we stayed with a crackhead that was cool as hell it snowed a little bit but it's already melted. Let's talk about adventures. I had one hell of an adventure since I've been in the big TN. It's a crazy world these days, but I love the fun adventures and lessons that I've learned. It's going to be a long, interesting year. From doing that, that like she's writing, like she just had the most magical experience ever. Yes. You did something awful and you are writing about it in a diary you dumbass that's what i think is kind of weird because obviously like people journal a lot of people find that to be like therapeutic but you don't write down criminal activity that you've done oh yeah like you don't make your like she just made herself look like a complete and total nut job she couldn't even be like oh i had so much remorse when you just wrote that down so now you can't even pull that card And how perfect that she was so stupid that she wrote all of that in her diary journal entry. And and they do know that it was hers because they compared it to all her handwriting. Latalva says that at some point he did call his mom and his sister and they told him that he is on the news and he needs to turn himself in. But they, you know, they did end up getting arrested. So that was the awful play-by-play of what happened. Now, I've got a little bit more that I do want to add, because after all of this happened, after Shannon and Christopher were both found, there was a huge uproar of people incredibly mad, especially groups like white supremacy groups, using this case and lack of coverage because Black suspects and and the white victims. Most of the reports came from local media and online news sites. People in the community that knew the suspects say that they always had a life of crime and were always into shady things. Both Shannon and Chris's family, again, have committed to being at every single court trial for each of the five suspects, each of the five criminals, because they have all been charged. In one interview with Chris's mom, she recounted a story of Chris owning a motorcycle crotch rocket type bike. What are those called? Are those, is it, is it, is the, the technical term a crotch rocket? Or is that like something that people here say is? Oh, no. I feel like saying that, though. People will know what you're talking about. Okay. Like when you say that, I picture it. Okay. Yeah. So he had one of those bikes and it was, it was super nice, but his mom hated it. Two weeks before he died, he called his mom and told her that he sold it. When she asked why, he said, because he wants a life. She said it haunts her to this day that he said that. And then he ended up dead two weeks later. That's so sad. It is so sad. Shannon's dad during his impact statement this I have chills this this was bad but once you hear this it's the worst so during his impact statement I'm going to also post a link to his impact statement because you should watch it because bless this guy's heart he says she had a beautiful heart she loved her friends she loved her brother Her and her mom weren't just mother and daughter, but they were best friends. And the last thing she said to him before she left was that she loved him. She was a proud young lady. She was proud of her friends. She was proud of her family. She was proud of her school. She was proud of her faith in God. She was proud of her desire to help children. And the thing that hurts the most is she was proud to save herself for a husband someday. Let that sink in. Hmm. Oh, yeah, but yet she was sitting there asking to give somebody a blowjob. Yeah. Uh, How sad. It was 
literally awful. Part of the interview I watched, he said he has a rage inside of him that is not normal, which same. Mm-hmm. I never want to know how he feels. I never want to experience I that. Never I never want to know either. Any ever. family, yeah, should ever have to Nobody experience should. that. No. He also speaks at churches now, proclaiming how in the spring of 2017, he asked God to restore him from his pervasive anger. Um, I found that on Wikipedia, but it's like in all of the court hearings, you could see him and his wife. So Shannon's mom and dad, and you could see Christopher's family too. Her dad looks so mad. He looks so hurt. Uh, But so, so I see how he went to God. I need help here. So the, they both like to play golf. The Shannon Gale Christian Foundation memorializes Shannon with a golf tournament and scholarship each year. The scholarship is awarded to a student that attends the same college she did at the University of Tennessee. A little league baseball tournament is held in Chris's honor each year, and a memorial scholarship is given annually to a graduating Halls High School student. A plaque has also been put up in his honor. Waste Connections which is located right next to the house where the brutal attacks took place, bought the property and had it demolished. And in October of 2008, a memorial for Shannon and Chris was put in. Now their charges. I do want to start with all the state convictions were initially set aside because of misconduct due to a drug scandal by the presiding judge who has since been disbarred. Don't be doing stupid stuff. Thanks judge. Ruining other cases. Exactly. Now, when it comes to criminal charges, I'm very green. I don't know what they mean. So same with Jane here. We have never been arrested or pulled over. Well, that's a lie. (laughs) Remember that time we got pulled over? (laughs) I wasn't driving though. (laughs) That was me. So we got pulled over. So I don't know if anyone else does this. This is something that me and Jane did on a regular basis. Nighttime would come around. We lived together. We would go drive around for hours and hours and hours and just talk. Aimlessly drive around. We got pulled over. This this cop kept asking where we were going. And we're like, we're just driving around. And he's like, where are you coming from? Well, we're just driving around. And didn't he say that you were speeding or whatever? And was the speed sign right in front of us? Like it hadn't even changed yet. Well, he said that we were speeding, which I, I'm sure I probably was speeding, but I don't believe I was going as fast as he was trying to say he, I was going. And I don't remember what he had said I was going, but he's like, you can go ahead and fight this. But in my, however many years he said, I've never lost the case. I was like, I'm not going to fight it. Cause I'm sure I was speeding, but I'm just saying, I don't think I was going as fast as you're saying. And he just kept getting an attitude. Oh, he had such an attitude. Anyways, so I tried to lie there for a second, but then I remembered that. (laughs) But (laughs) that wasn't you. That would have been me. Yeah. So we're very green when it comes to these convictions. So if you understand what these mean, that is great. I have tried to Google some of them because I really did not know what some of these words were. But Eric E. Boyd was convicted of accessory to carjacking and sentenced to 18 years in federal prison. He was later accused by George and Latalvis of the rape and murder of Christopher, and a search warrant was obtained for his DNA. He was convicted on a state level and charged in 2019. Latalvis, Cobbins, and George Thomas are convicted of felony murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Latalvis was also charged with assaulting a correctional officer while incarcerated pending trial. I do want to add this little tidbit that George did testify against Eric Boyd to get a reduction in his sentence. And Chris Newsom's mother and father actually thanked him in court for having the courage to do that. And they believe that he didn't take any part in murdering their son. Lamarcus Slim Davidson was convicted and sentenced to death by lethal injection. Good. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. The real villain of all of this, I think, is Vanessa. And here we go. Vanessa Coleman was convicted of facilitating the crimes and sentenced to 53 years. She was indicted on 12 counts of felony rape, 
robbery, kidnapping, and theft, one count of premeditated murder of Shannon, one count of aggravated robbery for Chris, and four counts of aggravated kidnapping, 23 counts of aggravated rape, and two counts of theft. Like she is a total flipping monster. That's what I was saying when I was saying that the kicks to the vagina, you know, your boyfriend raped this girl. Like nobody's going to be okay with their boyfriend sleeping with somebody else in the first place, but your boyfriend raped this girl. And then for her to be kicked a whole bunch in her private area to me feels like a rage. Yeah. Cause that's her fault. Right. So This is one of those things, I don't know what this means, but they did all try to get retried. And with the retrials, so with the retrials, LaMarcus and LaTalvis, their trials were overturned and the convictions and sentences stand. What does that mean if they were overturned? Like nothing changed with them? Yeah, When I first read that, I was like, oh, overturned? Like they just decided that they weren't guilty at all? No, it would mean like they didn't do anything with it. It's the same. Okay, good. So Vanessa and George's retrials resulted in convictions, but with a reduced sentence for Vanessa and the same sentence for George. Well, that's annoying. Yes. So that was the full case of Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom. That's the case that I remember mom talking about this case. I did not know the details of it. And I am so sad for what those two had to go through. Yeah, that's so sad. I can't believe that people can be so disgusting. I know. We will post pictures on all of the socials. You can find us on the best way, save our link tree. Okay. Save the link tree because then you could find us on Facebook at Grim Curiosity, Instagram, Twitter, Grim Curiosity. You can email us at grimcuriosity at gmail.com. We're basically everywhere. If you would rate us Mm -hmm. a five star on all of the podcasty places, that would be super sweet. That'd be so sweet. Give our Facebook a thumbs up, maybe a little follow. Hopefully we can keep on this schedule and we can have you a new episode every Sunday. Are you liking the Sundays? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. Bye. See you later. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Next time.